Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I enjoy U.S. history. I enjoy U.S. history trivia. I get really excited when Jeopardy is on and one of the categories deals with U.S. history. I also get really excited when I'm playing Trivial Pursuit and I land or my team lands on the color yellow because a history question is coming. I get really excited about that. So humor me for a few minutes. There are many famous quotations stemming from our country's Declaration of Independence and the subsequent Revolutionary War that followed. So history gurus and not-so-history gurus, which accurately describes everyone because either you like history, you don't, you're good at history, you're not. There's really no middle way. Indulge me in a sermon game together. You may call it trivia. You may call it whatever you like. But the name of the game is Who Said It? As the name says, I will give you a quote from the annals of this country's fight for independence and you tell me who said it. The 7.30 crowd, 11 of them, got two out of three. 8.45 and 11 o'clock got all three right. So we will see what the five o'clock service can do. All right, here we go. This was said on March 23rd, 1775 at St. John's Episcopal Church in Richmond, Virginia to the Second Virginia Convention. It was part of a passionate speech by this gentleman aimed at swinging the balance in favor of convincing that convention to pass a resolution delivering Virginian troops for the Revolutionary War. And the quote, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, yes, yes. Somebody got that wrong at 11. Yes, Patrick Henry. Wonderful. All right, one of one. Here we go. This quote is attributed, this is going to be fairly easy. Let's see if y'all get this. I'm sure you will. This quote is attributed to a merchant and statesman who served as the president of the Second Continental Congress. If that doesn't give it away, this will. He is best known for his autograph prominently displayed upon the Declaration of Independence. The quote, the quote, the quote, I love it, I love it. The quote, there, His Majesty can now read my name without his glasses and he can double the reward on my head. Awesome. John Hancock. Yes. All right. Two out of two. 
All right, last question. And this one is a little bit well, uh, less well-known. Instead of saying this, this person is reported to have written it in his diary on July 4th, 1776. Now, this was before Twitter and Facebook, Instagram, email, so news didn't travel quite so fast. If he had known that on the same day he wrote this in his diary, America was declaring its independence from Britain, he would have been royally mad. Keyword being royally. The quote, nothing of importance happened today. King George the perfect. I love it. Yes. Yes, King George III said that while his colonies were declaring their independence from him across the pond. Very good. Three out of three. I'll just have to let the 730-years know they need to brush up on their U.S. history. Though this sadly ends our game of who said it, and I hope you enjoyed it, the sermon must go on. But... The sermon continues with another quote that, dare I say, is not unfamiliar to all of us. This quote source reveals to us the very nature and fabric of God. The person who said it reveals to us that God is love, and that love knows no boundaries or limitations, no prerequisites or conditions, no strings attached. That love knows no religion or denomination, no color or creed, no allegiance or tribe, no nationality or ethnicity. This source tells us today that if we are to be like God, which is something we strive toward because of our belief in God, then our love too must know no boundaries, limitations, prerequisites, conditions, strings attached, color or creed, allegiance or tribe, nationality or ethnicity. And the quote, You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecutes you. Jesus says this during his Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount, that monologue famous to Matthew's Gospel, which takes up three whole chapters, beginning with the Beatitudes and touching on such subjects as wealth, divorce, judging, murder, adultery, almsgiving, and other subjects dealing with the human condition. There's no doubt the Sermon on the Mount outlines a different way of life, contrary to what society tells us is the normal way to live our lives. However, the Christian life was never meant to be normal. The Christian life was never meant to go along with the status quo. The founder of the Christian life overturned tables, ticked off the elite in society, broke bread with outcasts, forgave notorious sinners, touched lepers, and even put up, and didn't even put up a fight when his life was threatened. All of this is very abnormal and completely contrary to human emotions and sentiments. So if we take a look at the life Jesus led in the Gospels and we say, I want to follow him, I want to do what he does, I want to be like him, then our lives, our calling, this Christian life is to be abnormal to stand out, not to blend in with society or go along with society, but to stand apart from society. The Christian life is a different life, a different way of thinking, 
a different way of orienting ourselves and our priorities. My friends, a Christian life is not meant to be easy. And we see why today when Jesus tells us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. This is a tough pill to swallow. Loving your enemies and dare Jesus continues to say, pray for them. It sounds good on the surface. It's worthy. It's something lofty to strive towards. But as your priest, I want nothing more than to be seen as human just like you. That I struggle just like you. That I ask questions just like you. That I doubt just like you. That I even sin just like you. And yes, sometimes I might even enjoy it. The only thing that separates me and you is the fact that I had three years of a seminary education and a bishop dared to ordain me. So today, again, I am reminded of my humanity. I am reminded of my own questioning. I am reminded of the struggle inside of me from these words today. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I know I'm not alone in this struggle. I know that we all struggle with these words. Those people listening to Jesus' words on the side of that mountain, they struggled with them as well. Jesus is telling them to love the very people who had conquered them and continued to oppress them. This was not easy to hear for the everyday Jew in ancient Palestine. Though Israel was conquered, it was still a very proud nation with a rich history and tradition. And they were hopeful that the Messiah they were waiting for was the one who would deliver swift justice and deliver them from the hands of the Romans. But here's this guy, this Jesus, who is rumored to be the Messiah, telling them to love the Romans and to pray for them. So this was not easy for those people on the side of that mountain to hear. And perhaps many of them left the side of that mountain awfully disappointed. And neither are these words easy for us to hear on this feast day of our independence. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. For the very word enemies conjures up notions of terrorism, beheadings, ISIS, violence, bombings, refugees, and all of these, all of these are the root of fear. I will not stand up here as your priest and pretend that Jesus' words are easily achievable. They are not. I struggle with them too. But I do think I know how they can ultimately be achieved. Loving enemies and praying for those who persecute us can be achieved by casting out fear. Fear is the root of it all. If you eliminate fear, you eliminate hate and room is made for love to enter. Fear is a heavy burden to bear. Love is a much lighter load. Fear is a terrible foe. The seeds of fear take root and bear the fruits of hate, bigotry, racism, xenophobia, and egocentrism. Fear is the great divider between us and them. When fear is cast out like a weed and the seeds of love are planted, the fruits of kindness, generosity, tolerance, understanding, compassion, justice, Mercy and walking humbly with our God are born. Love is the great unifier which turns us and them into we. As your priest, it is my duty to challenge you and to join you in that challenge. On this day and in the days to come, as we celebrate our independence, 
let's choose love together. And may our very enemies, all of them, know that we are Christians by this radical love. Amen and happy fourth.